This is the On The Mark Podcast, bringing you facts, opinions, and personal experiences from the outdoor industry. I got the opportunity to shoot an AR-15. That was one of the funnest experiences that I had. It's, it's pretty exciting. It's a, it's a big rush. Presented by Sightmark, an industry leader in optics, bore sights, night vision, and more. Make your mark. Welcome back to the On The Mark Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Hamilton. Today, joining me in the Cellmark studio, I have Cable Smith with Lone Star Outdoor Show. Um, if you haven't listened to his podcast or his radio show, I encourage you to go do so, find it. Cable, tell the people a little bit about your show and how you guys get started. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. I certainly appreciate that, Jeff. Um, been doing this like, God, like uh, we just had our 600th episode. So been doing a little while. Damn, and I, yeah, I, uh, no kidding. I actually got a degree in radio, TV, and film. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And so I wanted to do like on-air stuff, and I did for a little while. Then the um, economy went into the crapper. Yeah. I think it was, what was that, 2008, 2009? Yeah. Somewhere in there. And yeah. um, basically my boss was like, oh, I can't afford to pay you. Which for like coming out of college, like for uh, an on-air personality in Texarkana, Texas. Right. He couldn't, he couldn't pay me means like literally you were already paying me nothing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> What's less than I'll work for free. What do you want me to say? Yeah. Uh, so my wife and I moved back to North Texas and I was like, man, one of my responsibilities there was, uh, and I, I wanted to do sports talk. That was my goal. But in Texarkana, my boss was like, you need to host a weekly hunting and fishing show. Yeah. I was like, cool. I like to hunt and fish and I just fell in love with it. Yeah. And so once I got like, let go from that job, just because of the economy, um, we moved back here and I was like, what am I going to do with my life now? And I could go back to the ticket, the radio station in Dallas, which is where I, where I was working when I left. Uh, but you know, you're a grunt, you're so low on the totem pole. You're literally looking at the host there like how much longer till that person (laughs) kicks the bucket so I can take their job, which is a morbid way to look at like, (laughs) that's the reality though. Yeah. My degree was mass communications. And in that degree, I took a lot of uh, courses on broadcasting and stuff like Uh that. I learned really quickly that that's the reality is like you start at, you know, a broadcasting company, say radio, television, whatever. And whoever's the top dog at that point, you got to be like, okay, he's like mid forties. Right. He's looking at probably another you know, 25 to 30 years before yeah. I get oh, yeah. anything going for me. Yeah. And even at that point, like you came in new, there might already be a second person being, uh, you know, prepped up into that position. So I'm very oh. familiar with how that goes. They're like, you don't want to work overnight weekend shifts. Well, you know, somebody else does. So see ya, you know? Right. So I was like, I don't want to go back to that and get back in line after I was gone for 10 months. So yeah, I, uh, I was like, you know, I really liked doing that outdoor talk show. Yeah just see if I can start my own. And at the time, a podcast didn't exist. Right. You know, we would record our show and then put it on our website. Yeah. And then maybe like after a year, it was like, oh, we can put it on iTunes. Yeah. You know, and then a couple of years later, here comes Spotify. Yeah. So, you know, by default, it became a podcast, but yeah. it's still on the radio. We have like 20 stations across Texas that air it every weekend. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of how I got started in this, in this game. And, um, was able, you know, one thing that I was concerned about, like, was the fact that now anyone can have a podcast. Right. I was like, God, this is make it so competitive. But it's been actually, it's been great, not only for me, but I think for everybody. Right. Because you can pick and choose what you want to listen to. Yeah, and, exactly. you know, you can listen to it at your own convenience, you know. Yeah. Um, you don't have to wake up at 
8 a.m. and listen to it on the radio every right. week. So. Well, and for the podcaster, I mean, podcasts are becoming wildly popular for a couple of reasons. Some of the main ones are, right now, all of these platforms that are, like, hosting podcasts or allowing podcasts on their platforms are starving for 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 those content so yeah they're not regulating it as heavily as they would let's say you know um facebook or instagram Shy. yeah like you know your other social media platforms are being so freaking stifled that you have to watch what you say or they eliminate you podcasting well, you kind of have the freedom yeah right oh yeah um so it's and that's that's why I think a lot of the audience too are kind of going towards there because it's like, hey, do you want like real information that's mm-hmm. like an actual like somebody's opinion that's not being you know suppressed or something like that, right? Yeah. Which and I think Joe Rogan's been so instrumental in like keeping the First Amendment yeah. like like are we seeking the truth right. or are we going to let Facebook and Instagram dictate? everything that we think is true exactly so for for people like him to have the platform that he does and and seek the truth and have those long-form conversations i think you know it's great for all of us yeah so well and like even if if you look at back to like him seeking the truth about you know what social media is saying he's even going as far as like calling out news media whenever they lie about what he's doing oh yeah he just got on joe's eating horse paste yeah (laughs) joe's like can we cuss on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, Joe's like, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. The doctor prescribed it for me. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's 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 been dosed four billion times throughout human history. He won a, pol- won a, a Nobel, Nobel Prize, Prize in yeah. 2015. Yeah. Uh, it's absurd. But yeah, that's what they... And then CNN like doesn't even retract what they said. No, but he's no. like, I'm going to sue your asses. No, what they do, they do the same thing that any media will do. And six months from the time that they said it, They'll go back and issue a, con- a correction to any online articles, right? And but without making a statement, they'll just change the online article so that they eliminate it from existence. Mm-hmm. So you can never reference back to what they did. Yeah. Well, I thought it was but, funny. Dana White, the the head of the UFC, put on his Instagram the other day. He's like, I'd like to thank Dr. Joe Rogan for the the recipe to beat COVID. Yeah. He was like, I tested negative in five days with Joe's. Mm-hmm cocktail <laughs> which should be provided to everyone that right. wants to seek alternative treatment you know yeah. or avoid going to the hospital i mean it, so it is maddening to me and i don't even want we don't even have to like we could spiral into hours long of covid yeah of COVID <laughs> and how it's being treated but it is maddening to me that as a society we have accepted that the treatment for covid was go home and come back if you're about to die. Right. Like, that is insane. Yeah. Like yeah. maddening. I was listening to the the latest Joe Rogan podcast with Dr. Peter McCullough on the way up here. Yeah. And he's the Texas guy. Yeah. He's the most published heart and kidney surgeon in history. Yeah. Right? So he's got all the skins on the wall. Yeah. And he's like, Joe, I, I didn't want my patients to die. Right. So I'm like, every day, how do we treat this from infection day? Right. So that at day 14, you're not going on a ventilator yeah exactly and and it's just like nobody nobody wants i mean it's a complete failure by the medical field to right that was they failed us like society they don't seem to care well what's funny is i got covid a couple months ago Mm -hmm. and not vaccinated i contracted covid you're vaccinated now better than any vaccine yeah yeah, for sure (laughs) what's funny is like people who and my parents being one of them Uh were like get vaccinated, get vaccinated, you're putting yourself, you're putting everybody at risk, you know, and I had arguments with them about it. And I was like, look, I'm not, I'm glad that you guys are. Right. Oh, sure. But I'm not. 
but then I got COVID and they're like, well, see, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. That was the plan. Right. I wanted to get it so that I could develop the antibodies for it. The survival rates, you know, yeah. phenomenal. I'm like, I, so you just had it. I had it November of 2020. Uh, yeah. I will test again for antibodies this week. Yep. As of a month ago, I still had antibodies. Still had them. So, nice. you know, it's, yeah. and my kids, like this vaccinating kids stuff is such bullshit. My kids went back to school in August. They, they were, we, our whole family enrolled in this Texas health study just so we could like yeah. see what COVID's really doing, like long-term, short-term. My kids did not have COVID when my wife had it over the holidays last year. Yeah. They had COVID when they went back to school. They were so sick that we never knew they had COVID. Yeah. And then they got the antibodies test and they popped for like sky high. It was like, oh my God. So, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't, I'm glad that they got it too. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, that's a, that's a whole rabbit hole that we could dive down. Yeah. Well, I'll follow. You know what pisses me off and yeah. bringing it to hunting yeah. is that I can't go to Canada. I've had, I've missed a bear hunt twice. I heard now. that, yeah. Uh, I've been invited to come up to Saskatchewan and whitetail hunt. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the travel restrictions that they're imposing, I think, uh, on the way into work, I just read that they're doing some more, they're planning some more restrictions and certain, the blue states have already started to lock back down on stuff oh, God, because of yeah, this yeah. new variant that apparently is like the cold. It's I the mean, least like severe variant so far. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely. No, yeah, next month it'll be another variant and here's your, get your X number of booster shots. You know, it'll yeah. never end. It's, yeah. it's all money. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing. Like I, my, so my mother just this last week, got COVID and she's vaccinated vaccinated with a booster Now she has an autoimmune uh, autoimmune deficiency. So she's like the worst person you'd want to have it. So obviously I'm concerned about that. She's doing fine now, Mm -hmm. but my conversation with her was like, Hey, listen, I know where we can go to get you ivermectin. I was like, do you want that? And she's like, well, it's not really proven in the medical community. She has, she, now she's a nurse. She's a retired nurse, but she nursed for like, you know, 40 plus years in the ICU. And so now she's got, you know, some connections to these doctors and they're, you know, telling her, you know, X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, listen, I understand that's your opinion, but if your plan is to sit there with COVID in your house until you get on a ventilator and then go and look at something, Too that late. is the worst plan you yeah. can have. That makes yeah. zero sense. That's what my mom did. It almost killed her. She was in the hospital for 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. And I wish like she's 66. I wish the vaccine was available for her right. before we all got COVID over the holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, she spent Christmas in the holiday. COVID's real. It, yeah. it kills people, but it's usually older people. Right. Um, well, and for me, it's like, you know, I'm almost 30. I, 29 now at this point. Uh, my wife, similar age. We have two kids, but we're planning to have more kids. Mm-hmm. And the truth is the FDA's approval of the vaccine so far has, they have stated in there that birth defects and things of those natures, that study doesn't cl- conclude until 2025. Yeah. And I'm like, look. It's all rushed. I, I'm like, look. I'm, I'm You're the lab rat. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to do it. Like, yeah. sorry. That, that is what it is. Yeah. Do it if it makes sense for you. Yeah, exactly. But it sucks that they've restricted travel and stuff like that. I'm pissed. That was a Vancouver Island black bear hunt. Like, monster black bear oh there. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, like, that was uh, supposed to happen spring of, God, how long has COVID been going on? Two years, like. Well, think about it. I've had several people that do like regular hunts out in Africa and stuff like that. I've still I've still been able to go to Africa. I went twice this year. Oh, really? Yeah. I went in February. We were the first group back into South Africa. Yeah. Like the the uh, the bartender at the airport bar was like, 
Americans, <laughs> I haven't seen you in a year. Dude, Will probably- you please have a hamburger? Yeah. We're like, yeah, we're hungry. Do you have cold beer? Yes, we have the coldest beer. Okay, sign us up. You know, he's like, and then he, he just couldn't get over. He was like, I just can't believe you guys are back. People don't understand the amount of revenue that those communities draw mm-hmm. from tourism with hunting and photography is a big one. Yeah. But like, oh, that's been cut off for the last year and a half, two years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And yeah those communities are like literally starving for people to come back in and just kind of revitalize you know, everything they got going on by spending money there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's absolutely nuts. So in Africa, I mean, what'd you do over there? Uh, in February. So that trip was canceled from 2020 yeah. because everything was locked down. Uh, so we went February, like I said, first group back in. It was so great. The animals, it was like they forgot what it was like to be persecuted. Yeah. So they weren't as wary. I mean, when I went back in July, it had all shifted back to normal. But uh, yeah, they were just like, not as smart as they were usually. Yeah. Um, but I, I shot a, a Cape Buffalo in February. And uh, one of the coolest hunts I've ever done in Africa was a fallow deer hunt yeah. in the mountains, which fallow deer are native to Europe. Right. You know, we have them in Texas too. But if you want to shoot a fallow deer in Texas, it's like 4500 bucks. Right, yeah. In Africa, $500. Dear Lord. And it's it was mountain hunting. You're way up high. You're glassing. It's like a long 470-yard uh, shot. Um, shooting from prone yeah. down at this animal that we bedded and uh, the you know the stag finally got up after about an hour or two and decided he wanted to get a little drink and smoked him it was awesome but I love the I think people have a, a I certainly had this premonition this idea that Africa was drive around mm-hmm. in a land cruiser yep. see something on a flat plane yep. get out and shoot it yep. I was so glad that it wasn't like that Yeah, and it's it's all spots that that has happened once and i've killed like 25 animals over there now yeah one time we were like driving back from a, we, we had just taken a warthog yeah we were driving back to camp and the the tracker always sits in the high rack in the back of the uh the uh land what what is it land cruiser yeah and he goes and they tap the hood and he's like he sees something and my ph gets out and he's looking he's like that's the biggest mountain rebuck i've ever seen Oh God! I was like, "Well, what's a mountain reed buck? Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know what this animal is." Yeah, and he's like, "That's he's just right over there." I get my binos. He's he's like, "If you know, if you want to shoot it, this would be yeah the, the reed buck of a lifetime." And I was like, "How much is it?" He's like, four hundred dollars." I was like, "Boom!" <laughs> <laughs> no question. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna pass up. And that. him and the other PH whose whose ranch it was, uh, they almost they, it was like an emotional moment for them. I think it's like our white-tailed deer for them. Right. It's not one over there that gets a lot of love. Yeah. But like in that area of South Africa on the Eastern Cape, it's like their animal that they grew up hunting with their dad. Right. And when they walk up on it and they're like, oh, this is so big. I'm like, it's the, 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 the horns are like eight inches tall. <laughs> it's a tiny thing. I'm like, yeah. but to them, it was like, the, it's like the, this emotional they still talk then. about this yeah. hunt that we had. And really? he was like, please get this thing shoulder mounted. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, it's it got Euro mounted, uh, <laughs> but it, I mean, I never entered it in the in the record books, but it was, I mean, yeah. that quality of an animal. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, so circling back here locally, it's uh, deer season right now. Yeah. I've been listening to you know several of your episodes. Oh, then you just heard me bitching about. How I just heard you bitching yeah. about getting pimples and everything else. <laughs> yeah, dude. Walk right, me through what's going on. Yeah. So, well, the first uh, opening morning, I had this non-typical buck that I don't like naming deer, but sometimes you just name deer and yeah. uh, maybe I do like it then. I don't know, but he <laughs> was this non-typical had like an eight point rack, but then every point 
had all this palmation. Yeah. It was real weird. I've never seen a deer like it. Probably never will see another one like it. What do you it. think caused that? I, I have no idea. You Just know, the, the, they say with atypical deer, a lot of that is like damage to the nerve endings during the growth process of the antlers. Well, I, I know he wasn't there last year because we, 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 I've never seen anything like it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you look at something like that and you're like uh, deformation on all the points and it's like how all of them. that happen? And he had a, another point growing like a dagger growing like six inches out of the back of his of his right main beam, which, Dang. you know, and he had, he still had brow tines, but yeah. And he wasn't a deer that would like score really well, right. but he was one that I was like, and he was Unique. mature. I mean, he was like yeah. built like a brick shit house. Yeah. And, uh, I was just like, I'm going to get this deer. And of course the other guys on the lease are hunting him too, right. you know, um, which is fine, but I'm the one that has all the cameras right. out. So I, I know what the deer are up to more than they do. Sure. Um, but I rattled him in opening morning and do, uh, 75 yards free-handed click oh, and i'm like surely worst. you loaded the gun and i did it was just a misfire oh, the no. there was a light you, you said pimple a little like a little dimple <laughs> on there and i pulled that round out and i was like unbelievable and sure it, you know as soon as he heard that who's the manufacturer uh it was federal federal get your shit together federal <laughs> power it was vital shock i think uh, it was a 300 oh. wind mag Oh, so then, man. you know, I eject it and look at it, and the deer's at this point long gone. And uh, I go immediately go over to the range and shoot the same bullet. Oh. It fires. Yeah. So I, and it's fired every time since then. Oh no. So I don't know. I you know who knows if it was if I didn't have the bolt slam shut. But if you strike was it the AR platform. No, no, it was a, it was a uh, Mossberg Patriot. Yeah. Three hundred Win Mag. Yeah, that's. I've that's killed a lot of stuff with yeah. that gun, and yeah. never had that happen before. Or I sense. do know it's the worst feeling in the world when you're about to shoot something and you get this that dead click. And it's, it happens I, more on ARs, but it, I don't me, expect it to happen with a bolt gun. The only time it's happened to me is while I was running an AR and dumbass didn't charge the AR mm. in the truck before I got out to go hunt pigs. Mm -hmm. And so on the way, I'm like, I'm going to try and be quiet and you know shut the bolt quietly, just give a little bit of resistance. I think it's enough, but... Get get out there to the pigs and you're got one lined up, click, and yeah. you're like shit. Oh yeah. There's literally nothing you can do at that point. Yeah. Except for get mad that you ruined the entire hunt. Oh, I've been there too. Yeah. Luckily, it the, sounds like in both of our scenarios we were the only ones out there, so there weren't like multiple people to piss off. Nah. It well, so I I the sits were adding up for that buck. After that, I was like, now I have this personal. Wasn't a vendetta, but I've I've rattled this deer in now. Now I I have this buck. We have this interaction, yeah. so we have history. Right. And uh, the neighbor shot him on oh. Sunday. This Sunday, but I mean, I sat. And to be fair, I took my kids a lot. Yeah. I have three kids that are my son's eight. My twin girls are six. Sure. They all were in the blind with me a lot of those hunts. Right. My then the twins didn't wouldn't come. It would just be me and my son. But I mean, it was like making a lot of noise. Ten or fifteen <laughs> different. I was out there 10 days, just me, and then probably like five or six more days with the kids. Yeah. And once once the rut hit, he was like, you couldn't pattern him. And then right. last week I was like, oh, he's coming back around. Yeah. And I was going to go this weekend and have my ass in that blind all weekend. And then I got a picture from the, the neighbor and this lady oh, no. who she's a good old, she's a good old country gal. She always had a bigger dip in than I did. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she shot him and I was happy for her. My son was Henry cried when i showed him the picture oh, yeah, he's like that. dad you're not gonna get freaky i was like henry it's a low fence deal man this is how hunting goes we yep. should just be happy for caroline she shot the deer her and i shared pictures of him yeah 
so we had a you know a friendly relationship yeah. and I, i'm you know if someone had to shoot her i'm glad it was her right almost more so than the other guys on my lease <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely so your lease is low fence then uh -huh. the, the surrounding neighbors get uh sometime their pick the, the migrating deer yeah well that's how um my property is now and i've got to explain to people like a lot of times it's a little different scenario for me hunting you know free range low fence because one i have neighbors on both sides of me and my our property is like a long narrow stretch mm -hmm. we have a, only about 300 acres but it's positioned very long along the brazos river so oh, yeah. pass through our property is you're looking at you know three, 400 yards, maybe like 800 yards at the, at the widest part of the property. That's nothing for whitetail yeah. to, to run through that area. And I'm sure you're covered up in pigs because of the proximity to the, the yes. river there. Cause yeah. the red river. So the lady that shot the deer, the red river is her Northern property yeah. boundary. And okay. so for that reason to like, I'll go out in the springtime, one o'clock in the afternoon, pigs in the wheat field, just go to town. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's yeah. really unfair. I mean, we have so many pigs. So Yeah, we've got a crap ton of pigs. In fact, um, my county that I live in is Bosque County. Mm -hmm. And Bosque County is taking a kind of, well, I'll say unique. Other counties have done it. But um, right now, they're doing a bounty on pigs. Yeah. And uh, what they did is, um, in previous years, they had a trapper that they contracted out. And he was responsible for catching X amount of pigs every year. Right. Well... He was actually catching a lot more of like coyotes and bobcats and stuff like that. And the pig population was not being slowed down. So they cut him and they're taking those funds that they paid him. And they're saying, look, local hunters here in Bosque County, uh, bring us pigtails. We'll give you $10 a tail. Oh, wow. 10 yeah. bucks a tail. And uh, now I found out, I'm like, oh, hell yeah. I start cutting tails, right? And I've got, I've probably got like 17 pigtails or so in my freezer right now yeah. so you're looking at about 170 dollars um i got a buddy of mine that's got like 300 stacked up so he's already like you know he's looking at a new pulsar unit well he <laughs> needs to go ahead and like redeem those because those funds are not yeah. i've found like they're not uh right. unlimited right so. exactly well i found out afterwards and same thing with like all the rednecks in the area is like they're not just letting anybody do that it's a whole thing you got to go attend a conservation course oh yeah you have to like, um, there's two classes I think you got to take and then a registry. And then after that, they only accept pigtails like one day a month on a certain day at a certain time. Well, it still might be worth it for your buddy. I don't know if all of that no, time is worth it, is worth it for, for the 17 that you have, but. No, well, even at the seven, well, I just started, oh, I just started like nice. a couple of weeks ago because <laughs> I just found out about it. I don't know how long it's been going on, but uh -huh. nobody's told me. In fact, I will shoot pigs and I'll normally cut it depending on how the pig goes down. I'm one of those that just believes like if the pig drops immediately, that thing's worth eating. If it yeah. runs and gets some of that adrenaline in its blood, I'm I, probably not touching him. Probably mm -hmm. going to let him lay. Um, depending on how the pig goes down, I'm one of those like I might cut out the straps and then toss the rest. And I found out <laughs> I kept, I went by a pile of pigs one time that was by the, in on my property in the woods but somewhat close to a highway that runs by somebody had stopped got out of their car went into our property and snipped the tails off the pigs oh wow and i'm like that's ballsy hell? i'm like why the hell would somebody do that like you can go in and cut the tails and then i found out the week later they're like oh yeah it's ten dollars a tail i'm uh, like son of a bitch uh, yeah it was probably my friend who's got like 300 of them stacked up because <laughs> it was probably somebody that knew me i yeah. mean it's pretty ballsy to jump a fence yeah. and you know go do that mm -hmm. but uh yeah back to like 
low fence hunting on whitetail, I mean, it's a struggle for me because for the last, I mean, I mean, my entire, my entire time hunting has kind of been like, if you see a decent mainframe eight point, he won't be alive tomorrow. Right. Like a lot of people are like, well, let that deer walk. And you know, when he's four or five, he's going to be amazing and like shoot him then. It's like, yes, if you get your neighbors on board with the same thing, the problem comes into play where your neighbors have got grandkids coming out to hunt. Oh yeah. Nephews coming out to hunt and they're literally shooting anything that walks by. And, um, it's a real struggle for me. I've got pictures of deer on the camera that I'm like, I would love to keep them, but I might get one picture of them and then never see them again. Yeah. And it's like, I know that they went next door and got shot. Both of my feeders, uh, run corn all year round. You know, I, I do too. We're feeding them all year round. We have a really good pattern for how they travel, but it's like when you sit in the deer stand, you know, I'll hear my neighbor's feeder go off, my feeder will go off. And then my other neighbor's feeder will go off. And I'm like, (laughs) whatever walks out today is going to be dropped, you know? We have quite a few young eight points and it's one of those things where it's, it's bad for business for me not to shoot a deer. Yeah. Like it is like our sponsors want to see, you know, this is what you do for a living. But I'm not going to shoot a small deer. Right. So if I don't shoot a buck this year, you know, I'll shoot some does. But, I mean, I've put in the time, that's for sure. Just went to South Texas this last weekend. Yeah. That was for my son. See what being a good dad gets you? It lets your, let's get your neighbor shooting your buck while you're right. out dicking around with your kid trying to get him his first buck. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't change it for the world. He he. We saw a management eight point. Yeah. It was my buddy had given me pictures. This is on 1,100 acres around Ensenal, all low fence. And... um it was real foggy the first morning and that buck comes out. I'm like, I think that's the deer, but dang it. He's, he's wide. Like, yeah. is that, does my buddy really want me to let my kid shoot that deer? Right. So I end up, I'm like, I call him. I'm like, Chisholm, this is what I'm looking at. Are you sure this is what you want? Like my son really shoot this deer. Yeah. He's like, yeah, that's, the, that's a management buck in South Texas. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. And then by that time I, I told Henry to get on him. He's broadside. And then a doe walked in front of him. Ah. Uh. Yeah. And there was no shot, and then the deer turned and walked out of our lives. Yeah. With I was like, we're not we're not doing Texas heart shots at eight years old. Right. I've never shot. I've never Texas heart shot a, a deer. You know. I so. don't. I haven't either. Yeah. I've always. Uh, I've had opportunities to, but I'm like. Eh. When the pigs start running, I sometimes don't know where it hits them. I'm yeah. just trying no, to shoot exactly. it in the pig. Yeah, that's a different so, thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, I so. struggle internally with that too because I've had some opportunities where they're just walking away from me, and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I could do it, but. Like, the worst part about the neighbor shooting that deer isn't that she shot it it's that now i don't have anything to look forward to with the deer because it's all young deer i'm just like like i said i'm not gonna shoot them and and it's a weird thing because i've never had this happen where my target buck got shot by the neighbor yeah um now the most disappointing thing is checking trail cameras like they update my phone all the time yeah I'm like, uh, what's the point? He's not even there. So it's like, you know, it's like part of me is like gone. Yeah. Part of deer season got stripped away. But you never know what you're going to see, man. You no, know, you don't. The rut yeah. brings some uh, new ones around occasionally. And yeah. maybe they break their patterns and stick around. Uh, we had a couple mature ones disappear, like when the rut really? came and they haven't been back. So they either got shot or they'll, or they'll come back. And they're like, we know where the buffet is. So two years ago on our place, my cousin who also lives on the, on the farm, uh, he shot an 18 point with drop oh. tines and everything like that. Free range, low fence deer, um, biggest deer that we've seen on our place by far. And uh-huh. it was amazing. And he shot that deer and sent pictures around to his, all his buddies. And within 24 hours, he got contacted by the neighbor of ours across the river. 
and where uh. we're at on the brass is a pretty low point. He shot that deer. Um, I think it was it was like Halloween day. It was like October thirtieth or something, thirty uh-huh. first. Um, <laughs> he got contacted by the neighbor, and the neighbor was like, "Hey, man, can I come over and just see this deer?" He's like, "You won't believe it, but I have had this deer on camera all year, and I've been feeding him all year, and I've been anticipating him at my feeder all year." And the opening day of both, <laughs> he crawled up into his tree fell out and broke his arm oh my gosh <laughs> he fell out and broke his arm and was not able to hunt and so uh then my buddy you know the deer wandered across the river to our place and got shot by my cousin and that guy was just it was kind of sounds like the same situation he wasn't mad at him yeah. but he was just emotionally devastated and, i think we all need to be happy for <laughs> other hunters when they find success you know what i mean yeah. being bitter about it like that lady's been nothing but nice to me. Right. And I and, and I love talking to her. Right. And, and she lives out there, so she knows. Like, there was another deer we had on camera, which he's called Ghost because he disappeared October 30th. And when I say it, it wasn't any deer, it was a 170-inch buck. Yeah. All day. Uh, just, it was wide. It had mass. It had all the time length. And, dude, that deer disappeared October 30th. And so I really wanted to talk to Caroline and get to know her to see if they were getting pictures of that deer. Right, yeah. They'd never seen that deer. Oh Ever. man, no kidding. No, and and no one to our other side. Everything else has been like clear cut for agriculture, grazing and stuff. So we hold a lot Somebody's of the animals. Seen that deer. Somebody, I don't, somebody's like, uh, I, he no, was, we haven't seen him. He was there last year. Hanging in the cooler. <laughs> and he exploded. He was about a 140 last year. Oh, okay. And I thought he was like, the pictures I had of him were from the rut. Yeah. And so I thought he was like old and like kind of on the downhill. Right. I would have shot him last year if I'd have seen him. I got late September, all through October, and then... But dude, he just put on about forty inches. Well, at least thirty inches. Yeah. If I, he was a low one forties, he's in the one yeah. seventies now. But I don't know what happened to that buck. I'm hoping that I just check my cameras and there's there's the ghost again. Oh man. But yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, that's weird when they just disappear and all the neighbors are kind of like. Eh, but but the happened. Caroline, the girl that shot the freak, she was like, if if that deer would have gotten shot. I would know about it. Someone would have, you know, kind of like the right, guy yeah. across the neighbor, yeah. or your, your the one your cousin shot. Yeah. The guy across Word the river. Gets around. Yeah, and yeah. it's 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 there's there's a lot of land, few landowners right there. Right. So somebody would have said something or sent a picture, you know. Sure. Yeah. But the fact that she didn't have any pictures of him, but she had all, a lot of pictures of the other deer we yeah. were after. I mean that that deer just disappeared. I don't know. Yeah. Well, uh, one of the things I want to talk about today, and I don't know if you can give any insight on this or not. Um, one of the one of the questions that I was getting from some people that listen to the show is, um, you know, f- for those that are really interested in hunting and, and really love and enjoy the lifestyle but don't have the same opportunities as far as, like, access to land and mm-hmm. stuff like that, um, one of the things that people have to do in some cases is, like, prospect out owned property and actually ask permission to hunt there mm-hmm. um personally i've never had to do it so i couldn't speak to it much have you ever had to do anything like that where you've so out property i have i mean i've leased land all over the place yeah you know uh had a lease in oklahoma for years and now i have uh last year i had the deer lease and I had a duck lease yeah. and um but there have been times where like i'm done duck hunting i used to hunt ray roberts all the time when i was going to school at north texas it was like 15 minutes from my door and there was this old lady and when i say old like she was in her 90s yeah and she had a a, you know a farm a farm pond yeah stock tank you know on that you could see from the road yeah 
you could see if there were ducks on it. Right. And so I would knock on her door and be like, can I jump your tank? Yeah. And she'd be like, just don't shoot my cows. So yeah. she was cool with it. Yeah, she yeah. was all about it. She was like, yeah. And, and, and she was like, and I'll have one of them ducks too. Yeah. So I was like, so yes, did you ma'am. Have a, did you have a relationship with her prior no, to that No, no, I just no. knocked on her door random. I didn't know who was going to answer, yeah. you know? And it was this sweet old lady. And, yeah. you know, here's this redneck and waiters and stuff being like knocking on her door. <laughs> right, know? exactly. So she knew what you were probably going to ask. Yeah. But this was, you, you know, this is 12, 15 years ago. Yeah. She's long dead now. Yeah. Um, but I think it's changed. It 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 started changing probably thirty years ago when yeah. whitetail got like hunting big whitetail bucks started to get popular. Right. Like like managing them. Yeah. Um, and and you now you've seen it like it it just keeps evolving and it's very hard now. Yeah. To get free access. Right. Um, there are like I, there's there's places in the Dakotas like I have buddies that go pheasant hunting. They do a lot of knocking on doors. Yeah. Half the time they say yes, half the time they say no. Well, that's the thing. I mean, uh, here though, it's very difficult. Well, here it's very difficult. Yeah, a lot of landowners now, especially, are you know kind of shutting that conversation down. But the reality is, if you are interested in hunting, and let's say you've got no budget for uh, a lease, but you do have access to some neighbors that have you know some property, mm -hmm. it happens more often with like ducks, oh, something sure. yeah. that's quick set up, yep. and like you don't have to you know make any adjustments to their property let's mm -hmm. say like deer hunting you might want to put up a stand and a feeder and stuff oh like for that. sure those yeah. things are gonna lead to more nose uh versus just like jumping a pond where you're yeah. in and out and there's not really much set up i think yeah i think bird hunting dove uh yeah. ducks pheasant quail like you could go out to the panhandle yeah in texas and and get access yeah. for for pheasant yeah why because the pheasant population in texas isn't that great? Right. So they're not the landowner's not going to get a lot of money out of that anyway. Right. But let's be honest, money's money, yeah. and everybody wants it. Right. And so if they can turn a dollar, yeah, off their land, yeah, then they're going to do it. And this is an interesting conversation. Um, uh, people like the guys we're talking about right now, they don't have any means. Okay, and that's unfortunate. Right. Right. And we want them to hunt. I want everybody to hunt. Sure. I want it. You know. Um, but if you go in and, and you're having this attitude of landowners are so greedy and I'm not a landowner. Right. wish I was. You're lucky. Your family has land. Sure. Um, landowners are so greedy. They won't let me, they, they bitch about all these hogs that are tearing up their place, but then they won't let me come on and shoot them. Exactly. Yep. Well, listen, buddy, you're not doing them a favor. If right. you're going out there on Friday night, drinking beer, routing up their roads and maybe shooting one pig. Yep. Now, if you get a bunch of guys in there with thermals, yeah. um, the latest pulsar units, or if you're a trapper yeah. and you can trap 20 hogs in a night, yeah. Or if you're aerial gunning out of a helicopter, those are the only three ways to control feral hogs. Yep. The only three. Yeah. And unless you're offering that service to the landowner, yep. there's then no value. In there's it. no value for them. Right. You shoot one pig. What what does that do for you're them? Offering, like, you're offering your leisure time. Right. For for, for the for liability for them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, that's and that's the big that's thing. Yeah. People don't understand that when you are asking property owners for this stuff, there's a liability aspect because mm -hmm. if you get hurt on their property. You know, there are people out there who would take advantage of yeah. that. Yeah, new thing on our deer lease this year, our landowner, if you bring a guest out, they have to sign a liability waiver. Well, so, I mean, unfortunately, that's the world we live yeah. in now. But yeah. I would, I would say, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's a lot of people take advantage of that. So I would say, you know, try to find public land. There's, I mean, tons of opportunity, especially for for bow hunting, uh, pigs. You know, yeah. like WMAs around here. There's oh, quite okay. a few of them with opportunity for that. You bow hunt a lot. 
Um, so I'm just an equal opportunity hunter. Okay. I bow hunt during bow season. Yeah. And if I haven't killed my buck, then I pick that's up the I, rifle. That's what I did this year. <laughs> I love it. My favorite thing to hunt in the world is archery elk. Yeah. But that's one week. You know, I'm a Texan. I get one week away from, uh, you know, where I can block out that time on the calendar to leave the family and go do that. Yeah. If I lived, and I would never leave Texas for so many reasons, but you know, I am jealous of the Western guys that have a trailhead 15 minutes from their house. Right. You know, it's like... Well, okay, we're going to go elk hunt one afternoon. Right. What? You're going elk hunting for an afternoon. <laughs> for uh, me, that's, that's like a three-day adventure. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, yeah, so I started bow hunting this year, and I had shot bows previously, but I never really got, like, super into bow hunting. And part of that was just financially. I was more invested in uh, rifles and, mm -hmm. and things of that nature. But then I decided this year, I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to pick up bow hunting. And I went out and got me a uh, Hoyt bow uh, all decked out. I got that freaking nice drop sight on there, which I think is a freaking waste of money. But uh, to me, it's like $250 for this little sight that drops down out of the way. It's supposed to be so amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I, I shot a whisker biscuit for years without any issues. So whatever. Um, I've got it. And it looks real fancy, but I'll tell you, I set out in the stand. Is it like a QAD? No, 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 no. no. Um, drop away rest. Yeah, it's just yeah. a drop. It's just a drop away rest. I think it's made specifically for Hoyt, but I think they make one for Matthews too. I okay. think it started off with Matthews, and they made one for Hoyt. Um, but uh, I'm setting out, man, in my stand, and I will tell you, I did the same thing you did, which is I hunted bow during bow season, and then when rifle season started, I, you know, pulled out the rifle. But uh, my story for my bow season, how it went, unsuccessful, I will admit, which I was cocky going into it this year. I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, bow hunting will humble you faster than just about <laughs> anything else. I was like, oh, what's so hard about it? I can do it, you know? Man, I took one shot this bow season, um, the early season, and it was at a doe that probably wanted to be shot. <laughs> we had this doe on camera that I have seen wandering around my property with three legs. Oh, wow. She's missing an entire front leg. And I don't know if it was a birth defect or she survived an attack or something like that. But now she's actually getting around. And there's not a visible, like, open wound yeah. on her side. So it's something that's happened, like, you know, within past years. Mm -hmm. Or maybe she was born that way. I don't know. But she's three legs. So I pinned her immediately, and I was like, I want to shoot her this year. Sure enough, I'm sitting out in the stand, and um, she comes hobbling out, right? And she's eating at my feet or standing broadside from me from about 20 yards away. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's perfect. Like, everything about this is perfect. I drew back the bow. Um, I had her lined up. I shot, and I shot about an inch over her back, which was devastating to me because I had been on target all year. You were feeling and, cocky before you, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, was, I was cocky. I was like, shit, I just missed. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Dude, I had not – and maybe – Call me out if this is bullshit. I had not shot out of my stand, which was a, you know, what, eight to ten foot off the ground. Uh -huh. I've been shooting flat-footed on the ground at a target, and I had not actually physically shot out of my stand. And I'm feeling like that kind of screwed some stuff up for me, but it could have been that I just sucked too and I got nervous. No, I think you definitely need to, you know, it doesn't have to be that stand, but yeah. you need to shoot from an elevated yeah. position. Yeah. Like I've shot off of the roof of my house plenty of times. Oh, really? Yeah. 
yeah, I didn't do any of that. So the neighbors kind of were like, "What's that guy doing up there?" So this is ah, that's just Cable doing his redneck <laughs> shit that he does. <laughs> he keeps bringing me deer meat. I don't. I'm not gonna say anything. This is how big of a dumbass I was. I'm sitting there and I shoot and I miss an inch high, and she like she's three legged, so it's not like she ran off. She hobbled off mm-hmm. in her. And she didn't duck your arrow on three legs. <laughs> no, no, just a bad shot and. Um, <laughs> She goes about 10 yards, stops, and turns around. And I'm like, shit, I only brought one freaking arrow. Like, Oh, the, rookie mistake. Yeah, yeah, one arrow. And I'm thinking like the whole time pre- previous, I'm like, I'm going to have one shot. Mm-hmm. I only take one arrow. And I'm sitting up there. And at this point, she knows I'm there. I just yeah. shot at her. She went 10 yards, stopped, and turned around. It was almost like a, come on, buddy, take right. another shot. Like, uh, here's broadside. Right I'm here. ready. I'm ready. Maybe right here. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck, I'm sorry. I only brought the one arrow. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm trying to help you out here. She hobbles back over to the feeder and starts eating. Oh, I'm like, taunting you. I'm sitting here for the next 20 minutes just watching her. She's like, I-, I swear, at one point in time, she walked over to the arrow that was in the ground that I just shot at her and just tried to fall on it. Like, <laughs> she, she, she was trying. She's like, buddy, just yeah. get down with a knife and come take care of it, please. No, you've always got to have your quiver. But, you know, this is our journey as hunters yeah. is we learn from those mistakes. Like, you'll never do that again. Nope. You know? So I've done plenty of dumb stuff, especially bow hunting. Just, yeah. like, opportunities that, I, you know, what you, you can't – things you can't take back. Words yeah. and arrows. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Uh, we'll switch gears a little bit here. I want to talk to you about, um, night hunting. Uh Um, one of the things that, uh, a lot of people ask me, digital optics are increasing in popularity, whether it's, you know, digital night vision or thermal rifle scopes. Mm -hmm. Um, but one of the things that I see as a constant is that people have no idea what they're talking about. The general public. Right. You talk about somebody who grew up on like, you know, granddad's hand-me-down rifles and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That guy is going to refer to everything as night vision. And it's one of the biggest. Oh yeah, they do for sure. I have people come to me all the time. They're like, Hey man, uh, what do you think? Could I get some, could I get some night vision for, you know, $600, $500? I'm like, yeah, we could probably do that. And send them out a product, and they're like, "Hey, uh, this isn't what I was talking about. I'm looking for that thing that shows." Heat. <laughs> I'm like, "Look, dude, you're not talking about night vision. Yeah, like you're talking about thermal." But one of the things that I wanted to talk about were just the differences in the two, and why someone might prefer one over the other. I mean, obviously, most people are going to lean thermal if they can afford it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but night vision does have its does have its upsides. For me, like identification, and let's say if you're just like, I don't know prospecting deer for instance i mean it's deer season right now and i've had i've had the opportunity where i'm out pig hunting and there's been a herd of deer and i just peek i just oh yeah just to see what's out there Mm -hmm. and try to scope out like oh this big buck's coming out uh maybe he'll be at my feeder in the morning right i mean yeah um we're not taking shots at him but things like antlers and stuff like that tend to not show up as well in like thermal units um well i don't know some of the latest you know the thermian Especially yeah. in velvet, I mean, you could see oh, everything. Oh, in velvet, yeah, they yeah. shine, yeah, yeah, shine like a diamond. Well, velvet. and it also just depends on how close they are. Like, if you're within a hundred yards, you could probably make out with thermal what right. the, what what a hard antlered buck looks like. Yeah. But night vision, yeah, it's totally different. I mean, you're just seeing exactly what the animal looks like. Right. Not a not a heat signature of it. It's similar to like somebody just shining a flashlight out there for you, basically. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest though, I haven't hunted with night vision in five or six years. Yeah. All thermal. 
did you take and the did you take the gradual steps up? I did. Like so does? I've been with Pulsar for I don't know eight or nine years. Yeah. And I had like one of the I think it was a Digisite maybe. Yeah. Back yeah. in the day. Yeah. Um, that was the first night optic that I had. Yeah. And uh, so that's loved it. The Digisite's a digital night vision rifle. Yeah. Scope. Yeah. And that was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I don't. Do we still even make those? I don't yeah, know. So I, so I I like I've. It isn't like an intentional uh, intentional thing. If if Pulsar sent me a night vision scope, I'd I'd use that too. Yeah. But right right now I've just been running. Well, it seems like the trails and then then the Thermion and yeah. I love that stuff. So I'm just like, for me, I like the detection range the most. So yeah, I mean, we have those wheat fields that are deer lease that I was telling you about, and right, so yeah. it's like you could see a thousand yards easy. I mean, you can detect up to two thousand right. yards now with the current models. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and can I have the Helion 2.0, yeah, uh, monocular. Okay. So, yeah, I've got the I've got the latest and greatest. That's about the best setup. G- mm-hmm. Generally, you took the same progression that I, what I seems like most people yeah. have. And when those guys contact me and they're like, "Hey, can I get some night vision for like six hundred bucks?" And my answer is yes, you can. Yeah. And then their response is, "Well, this isn't what I was talking about." I was like, "Look, buddy, you're asking me about six hundred dollars. Right. Like, you're gonna need to take a progression, run this digital night vision for a little bit, and it's gonna get the job done. You're gonna like it. But then." Once you once you decide you want to step up a little bit and maybe get into the thermal game, then we can have another discussion. But you're looking at a significant price difference. Between oh yeah. The two. Well, and the cool thing though is these units on the high end thermals, the prices come down. And the, in the down let's just say the decade that I've decade ish I've been with Pulsar, yeah. like they used to be six thousand dollars. Now you can get one for. Twenty five hundred, three thousand yep. dollars. So, yep. uh, the demand has increased and the price has gone down. You don't always see that combination. Well, the market, the market has become. I don't want to say overly saturated, but there's a lot more competitors. Sorry, there's a lot more competitors now than mm-hmm. there was, let's say, ten years ago. Yeah, and those things kind of dictate market price as well. So, yeah, the prices come down significantly, and it's still don't be, I mean. Let's not BS. It's still very expensive. Well, here's the deal. I mean. But if you want it bad enough, when I try to, when I, whenever I talk to people about buying these and making that investment, I say, look, honestly, how often do you think you're going to go out and use it, mm-hmm. right? Because if you go out two times a year, don't buy it. Yeah. Like honestly, if you if, book a hunt with three curl or somebody and right, exactly. use their stuff, exactly, you can use their stuff, have a great experience, um, and and just get it done that way. You don't have to own this thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're a guy who goes out three, four times a week you will definitely get your money's worth out of this. Um, but also like they tend to not depreciate in value that much. So right. it's something that you could get your money back out of pretty easily. Most of your money back out of pretty easily. If you ever decided like, eh, I'm not using this thing mm-hmm. you know, quite enough. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I've never sold one. So <laughs> <laughs> why would you? Yeah. yeah it's mine. <laughs> um, so you're talking about um, three curl. Do you go out to, hunt with those guys very often yeah so before i started this for doing this for a living um brett one of the founders of yeah. three curl and i were just duck hunting buddies oh, so really? we've, we go back a long time and yeah we you know they they advertise a little bit with me and i'd give them i send them a lot of business very and, nice. and and so they invite me on some some hunts for that reason i see um, plus they're just good dudes we all get along and we like hanging out i shout out hey brandon when we did that, we just did a uh, range shoot out there. That was at Three Curls Place, wasn't it? Or it was a place, uh, it was a range that, yeah, it was owned by. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, that's their new. Yeah. Yeah. We that lodge out, is nice. We, we stayed went out there. To the lodge, man. Yeah. That was that was pretty sweet. Yeah. That was a nice setup they got out there. Um, my son and and Brett's son, Bryce, are the same age. Yeah. And so they get along pretty good. And there you go. We went out there last duck season, and they had just finished the lodge, and we ordered like the. It was like I think it might have been the Conor McGregor fight or something. Yeah. And, Oh, we had a good time, and, uh, and then went and shot a limited ducks in the morning. So, well, I've been seeing, I've seen uh, several pictures that have came back from pig hunts with them, and they're stacking them up. I mean, you know, twenty, thirty pigs. A yeah, time. and that, and you have to take into account that most of the guys that are going hunting with them are going with them because they don't have their own thermals, so, right. and they might not be the best shot. So, if they're stacking up twenty or thirty, that tells you how many pigs they have. Yeah, absolutely. I know they've got a lot. But speaking of not having their own thermals, this goes into like not having your own gear. There's a lot of, I say there's a lot, I know of at least two um, outfitters, and I won't mention who they are, but um, they have actually turned away people who showed up to hunt without suppressors. Yeah. Now, when you're hunting pigs, or let's say just hunting nighttime at all, is not having suppressors, is that a deal breaker for you? No, no, no. I, uh, for the longest time, didn't have a, well, I still don't have one on my ARs. Yeah. Uh, I do have a suppressor now, but I run it on my bolt gun. Yeah. And uh, which is what my trail's on. I yeah. have the trail on a six five Creedmoor Creed Nation, yeah. Yeah. which I love to make fun of Lovely Creed Nation. Three dollars and fifty cents around right now. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but I like the six five Creedmoor for coyotes and pigs. I I don't go deer hunting with it. Yeah. People shoot up to an elk with it. That's not me. I have a three hundred win mag, seven mag, two seventy. Yeah. I like those for bigger yeah. game. But uh, but yeah, for pigs and coyotes, love that thing. Um, but I've only had the suppressor for eight six eight months something yeah. like that i should have done it a long time ago but i was afraid obama was going to be like right tracking me and right well, he never did anything but yeah i just i waited and then like 10 years later i'm like why am i still waiting to do this right exactly you know? just get it over with yeah well um the reason i brought it up is because there were instances that i know of people i know personally who showed up to hunt with an outfitter with their rifle and they were like oh you don't have a suppressor you're not riding tonight yeah and to me i'm like man how many people can you turn away before like the night of well you should be up? offering them a gun with a suppressor exactly then, so like, most outfitters would be like oh you don't have a suppressor when well, you're running two two three okay yeah. i've got one well I, three curl doesn't run suppressors on theirs oh they don't it's great it's great uh, they have them yeah but uh yeah they're generally speaking not and i will say this if you're not running a suppressor and you're not wearing hear protection, you're an idiot. Yeah. Because I, I don't hear as well as I once did. Yep. Like, I'll be hunting turkey or elk. Yep. Like, there's a gobble. My buddy will say this to me. Did you hear that gobble? I'm like, I didn't hear shit. Like, <laughs> no. Well, you're deaf. <laughs> you know? like um, All I hear is a ringing. I hear a steady yeah. ring. Well, there's been like three times in my life where, and one of them was with three curl. The guy next to me shot. He didn't like shoot like close to my head, but, you know, my ear was close enough to his muzzle yeah. blast yeah to where like it hurt for like three days right um and there's been other times and it's always been with an ar yeah where i haven't and i guarantee you i had ear protection that night and probably just forgot to pull it over my ear yeah you know in the in the thrill of sneaking up on a sounder of 30 pigs right and man i paid for it so i would and there's young people like i didn't do i didn't wear that stuff when i was younger right and people like oh you don't need that yeah you do yeah or you're gonna i'm 40 right and I, I know that my hearing is not as good as it was yep. 10 years ago. I've been running a little mosquito chime the entire time you've been in here. You haven't said anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Nope. Uh, no, that's absolutely true. My wife's like, are you, like, toning me out? Like, what are you – we're riding the truck. She's like, I'm trying to talk to you. 
I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I was just listening to the music. And she's like, I know, but I'm literally talking right here next in the. It's like, didn't hear you. My wife gets, I've, same issues. I've made mistakes a few times in the spur of the moment where I didn't put my ear protection on. So I also have had issues with that. And I, now I'm a bit a big advocate for it. Like, hey, make sure and wear some ears. Like, because you don't want what's going on in my ears yeah. right now. No, like, it's terrible. You know, but uh, and, and you wife, need that. You need your hearing to hunt, like to be a great, to be a good you hunter. Need, like you need your hearing to maintain a relationship. <laughs> I, like, don't, my wife gets I don't know off. about that. Like my sometimes I'm glad <laughs> she's my giving wife. me an earful. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I can't hear you. My That's wife will be talking best. to me and she'll be like in the kitchen or something. I'm in the bedroom and I'll walk in. She'll be like, what do you think? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, what did I say? And I'm like, I couldn't hear you. You know, and she's like, why, why would you even respond to my question if you didn't mm-hmm. hear me? And I'm like, Look, if we're not in the same room and you're not looking at me, yeah, I can't hear you. Like, you I think to, part of that is also just being a guy. Like, yeah, you, it's true. you know, but, selective hearing. Yeah. Oh, new gun. Yeah, we yeah. can do that. <laughs> yeah. I heard that from the next state. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, that segues us into what I wanted to talk to you about, which is kind of more on some legislative side of things. Texas, within the last couple of months, has passed the. Uh, Texas Suppressor Freedom Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't remember what the actual bill's called, uh, what the bill number was, but essentially what they're saying is local authorities will no longer be um, looking for certain paperwork on Texas-made suppressors, and those suppressors have to meet certain requirements, be made in Texas with Texas source materials. Frankly, there's not a ton of that out there. Hmm. Uh, people have started saying, like, oh, well, that would apply to mine if I make it on my own or you know x y and z my question to you is if you're looking at this at face value does it seem like legitimate legislation or is it like feel good policy for you know voting purposes so i was really excited when this came out and i had tom oliverson he's a congressman from houston area yeah Uh, i think cyprus to be exact so i had him on the show this is one of my most listened to podcasts of of this year yeah and I was all excited thinking, you know, Texas is like giving the middle finger to the feds. And, yeah. and the, the comparison is like, okay, marijuana is still federally illegal, right. but yep. Colorado, California, Washington, they're states that don't enforce that law. Right. So that was the premise of this, like, okay, let's see if the ATF has the balls to come enforce this. Right. And if they're, if they have the stomach for that fight. Well, the first thing the ATF did was send a letter to all the firearm manufacturers, Texas-based. Yeah. And if the, and there are a few that make suppressors in Texas. Sent a letter to all of them saying, if we f- catch you doing this, you will lose your license. Right. So, you know, you can't risk that. That's a, that's a reality. A lot of people that are going to be listening to the show or watching it. We need a guinea pig, someone out there that has more money than they know what to do with, that makes guns for fun, yeah. to just say, fuck you, I'm going to try it. See what come, happens Come get first. me. Yeah. Yeah? See what happens. Well, the reality is, if, if you're watching or listening to this show, the chances are you're thinking of this law from a um, consumer standpoint, which is if you bought a suppressor, what would happen to you? And the reality is probably nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, the ATF really doesn't give a damn about the one guy who bought a suppressor at some point in time what they're looking at are the manufacturers who are doing this because the texas law doesn't skirt any federal laws it's just saying we're not going to enforce it right but the reality is all of these dealers if they're a licensed ffl dealer 
they have to keep a log of the suppressors that they sell, and those suppressors have to be sent to the ATF or... Yeah, but that, that bill essentially said you no longer have to log that. Yeah. But are they willing to risk it? Because, like, again, it's their, it's your livelihood. The answer so far has been no. No. I don't know of anyone that has done it. No. F1 firearms here in Texas, they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were going to be my primary, so I was going to be like, oh, hell, it was, we'll hit F1 up for some suppressors. And it's like, ah, yeah. not the case. Yeah. So. It's weird, like South Africa. It's harder to get uh, to get a gun than it is a suppressor. Right. New Zealand, you can just walk into a store and just buy a suppressor. Walk like, into the supermarket and yeah. buy one for a hundred bucks. So yeah. you know, I think it is kind of crazy that in the country with the most guns, we have these really strict suppressor laws, and most well, the most mass shootings aren't done with suppressors anyway. So it's just you know the reason the definition of a firearm has to change because the definition today, as it's written includes suppressors like they say a suppressor the can that goes on the end of the barrel mm-hmm. is classified as a firearm which is why it has to be stamped yeah. and taxed that's and an like, antiquated law that's been on the books since i think that like the great depression area and it's insane. Uh, era yeah it's insane i mean it's not a firearm it's an it's an accessory to a right firearm. right um but until that definition changes which i don't know if it ever will it's going to continue to be a struggle but like you said we can go to different countries and you can't bring them back with you but while you're there most guys are going, drop a hundred bucks at the supermarket, pick up, pick out a suppressor. Mm-hmm. And then when they leave, they just give it away to somebody. Yeah. Cause it's like they're unregulated. It's just, it's treated as any other type of firearm accessory. It's I so know a guy frustrating that, that we have to took his to, uh, Africa with him, which our, our travel agent advised him not to do. <laughs> uh, I think, I think Jeff Thomason's still with, uh, Pulsar. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, he doesn't care. And, but no, he, he was like, yeah, I, I put it in my toiletry bag and put it in my carry on and just went to Africa with it. So. Holy hell. Yeah. Wow. Ball, that's ballsy. Okay. Yeah. They wanted to do, uh, I mean, obviously he's an amazing predator hunter and yeah. that's what I mean, his show is all about, but they wanted to do, um, jackals on and, you know, and it proved to be a little more difficult than they <laughs> thought it was. Like the jackals don't didn't respond like our coyotes did. So really, yeah, it was hard to call them in. He said, "Why?" Well, I, mean, I, I I didn't get a reason for that, but just bad calling. Was he using electrical calls? I don't. Or no? Jeff's not. A, I mean, I'm sure he had it. Fi- fi- he's not a bad caller no. based off all the coyotes he stacks up. But no, no, no. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I've I've never. I think I've seen one jackal yeah. over there. Um. But what another cool predator they have on the Eastern Cape is the caracal, which is like carrot cow. Caracal. Caracal. It's a it's a lynx species. So I'm it's like familiar. our bobcat or our you know. Um, spell it. Can you spell it? C A R A C. C A R. Yeah. A C C A L. Caracal. And the ear tufts on this thing are so cool. So I I ended up I ended up getting one oh, with. It looks uh, yeah, we hunt them with hounds oh, over, and cool. put one up a tree, and ended up taking it. It wasn't it wasn't that big of a caracal, and so we they caught one in a trap. These things are hell on like um, bush buck fawns. Holy hell, it's pretty big. Yeah, wow, I mean it's cool. a nice sized cat, and uh, they don't like them. You know they trap them, they they hunt them. So we've got a big male in a trap, and that's the one I'm getting mounted. Nice. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I think it's I think it's absolutely crazy that we have to jump through all these hoops over here just for a definition purpose that should have yeah. been changed a long time ago. And then the time frame, dude. Like, you buy this thing, and then you're lucky if you have it within that same year. Like, oh yeah, I got mine in six months. I was amazed. I could not believe six it. Six months is awesome. Yeah. I just heard, um, and again, this is all hearsay. I had heard that there was just legislation passed that was supposed to expedite a lot of that and make it a little bit faster. So hopefully I we see that changing. would doubt that's true because the Biden administration has no, nothing, no. no good intentions for firearms, no. certainly not for suppressors. The appropriations bill that is basically planning the fiscal budget for the next year is sitting there right now. And there's some language in there pertaining to trophy hunting yeah. that is very concerning. Yeah. And it's not that they're saying you can't, we're banning trophy hunting overseas, like international hunting. Tax the shit out it's of it. That, no, it's that they're saying we will not be funding, the U.S. government will not fund the people here that are supposed to expedite those those trophies. Oh, yeah. They, we're just doing away with that position. Right. So it's they're, they're skirting the deal right. and basically saying no more trophy importation from foreign countries because we, we're not saying it's illegal. We're not banning it, but we're, we're not, not funding it. Yeah, well, okay you're the one that has to do the job right if you don't fund it then it doesn't happen Man. so that's that hasn't been decided yet but um it's kind of concerning so that's crazy yeah i i'm gonna have to look more into that because i i didn't know anything about any of that yeah. so i'm um, definitely gonna check that out but hey we're we're running close on time so what i'm gonna do is go ahead and, and cut us off here but i want to thank you for coming in and uh, spending some time with us it yeah man a, it's been my pleasure thanks for pleasure having me meet you um give yourself one last plug i mean what do you yeah. Where can people find your stuff? Uh, LoneStarOutdoorShow.com. And then the podcast is all over uh, Spotify, um, Apple, wherever you consume your podcast. Uh, we'll, we'll be there. Awesome. So, yeah. Cool, and then, man. And then Instagram. I'm still there. You're still on Instagram. Probably not for much longer. By the they, time this airs, yeah, it might probably be a thing of the past. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, you can just find Lone Star Outdoor Show on social media outlets okay. as well. Awesome. Very cool. Well, thanks a lot, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yep.